Who is the best player on the Dallas Stars roster? We discuss today. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, coming to you on this Monday, July 24th. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for stopping by and making Locked On Stars your first listen every single day. Day. Be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube, or you can follow us on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. And you can also find us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, or X, whatever. It might be named something different by the time you're hearing this, but the app uh, that is owned by Elon Musk, we are on that app. Just search Locked on Stars, uh, at least on it for now anyway, but that's a different discussion uh, for a different day. And I actually took two social media on Sunday afternoon to ask you, the listener, the viewer, who is the best player on the Dallas Stars roster? Not your favorite player, not not the player that you think is the most valuable uh, or you know things of that nature, but just the pound-for-pound pound best overall player on the team. And I just wanted to present the argument for, for three players, and I really do think two of them legitimately have a case. And based on a lot of the responses, uh, two of these players, the second and third player we will discuss, uh, I think rightfully belong in the conversation, but as does the first player that we will discuss. And I will be grading each player through four main categories to determine their overall value, thereby you know, dubbing one of them the most valuable player on the team. The categories are quite simple, scoring, skating, defense, and the overall clutch factor that they bring to the table. And the first player that we're discussing, a player that I think is necessary to discuss and at least bring into this conversation as he was a top five Hart Trophy finalist or at least voted into the top five of Hart Trophy finalists this season is Jason Robertson. Uh, Jason Robertson checks plenty of boxes for the Dallas Stars and provides some MVP level value despite being a second round draft pick. Uh, obviously, the days of him being on his ELC are long gone. Uh, but even even now, even if as he continues to rake in more and more money and will probably be well on his way to earning an even bigger contract when his current one expires, uh, he is providing the stars an incredible value uh, given the past few seasons that he has had. And starting with the grading system, with the scoring, it's an easy A+. For Jason Robertson, back-to-back 40-goal seasons. There's not really a ton that this guy can't do in the scoring department. And, and when I say scoring, I primarily mean goal scoring. We, you can maybe factor in assists as well, which Jason Robertson did have plenty of in his 109-point campaign in 2022-2023. But really, when you talk about Jason Robertson, you're talking about that goal-scoring ability Shooting from the wing, shooting from the point, doesn't necessarily matter where he shoots from. Jason Robertson just has a knack for putting the puck past opposing netminders and into the back of the net, and he did so over 80 times over the past two regular seasons. Truly spectacular and seemingly effortless 
for him to score the goal throughout the course of a season. You move down the list and you get to skating. I think for me that that comes in at around a B for me. Uh, certainly not the worst skater on the ice in terms of forwards for the Stars. But I think that there's also some room for growth. But I think playing on a line with Rope Hintz will help him develop his game as he looks to continually keep up with Rope and position himself in advantageous spots to put the Stars in a good position to score. I think back to that home opener against the Nashville Predators, uh, and there was that passing play between the top line, just tic-tac-toe, seamless, effortless passing between that group of forwards uh, that ended with a goal for that top line against the Preds, against UC Soros. And I think it's plays like that, that we're starting to see Jason Robertson develop that skating and position himself really well when the Stars are kind of on a breakaway or at least moving up the ice to score. Uh, he's never going to be the fastest skater out there, and that's not necessarily all that comes with skating. It is the positioning uh, and you know being in the right place at the right time in order to best complement what your teammates are also doing on the ice. So skating comes in at a B, whereas defense for Jason Robertson comes in a, a little bit lower at a B minus. Again, he isn't a defensive stud. He's not a, a great defender, but he's also not a huge liability in the defensive zone. And I feel like really a big knock against him would be that he's arguably the worst defender on his line. But even then, he, he's not a liability. You're not just quaking in your boots every time the Stars are on defense with that line. He's a pretty effective player. I think that he just often is overshadowed by the fact that he has the best defensive forward on the team on his line and a guy in Joe Pavelski who has been a, a Selkie nominee and sometimes finalist at points in his career, even despite getting older. It's a pretty good defensive group, and I think a huge reason why that line is so successful offensively is their defensive ability and their ability to get out of the defensive zone through the neutral zone and into the offensive zone uh, at an, a pretty effective rate. So it's not to say that Jason Robertson is a bad defender. It's just not what people recognize when they talk about him or his game. Uh, and so I, 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 it's not a knock, but it's just not the strongest point of his game. And I think it's something that will hopefully continue to improve as he gets more game time, gets more reps, and becomes more defensively aware uh, as his career continues to go on. And the final category for Jason Robertson, clutch. Uh, the clutch factor for Robo is kind of weird because if you're going just off his regular season body of work, I think you land somewhere in the A, if not even A-plus category. However, I'm trying to factor in the entirety uh, of what he's done with the Dallas Stars through this point of his career. And Jason Robertson was kind of a no-show for the majority of the 2023 playoffs through the first two rounds in particular. So in all fairness, I'll go ahead and give him a B minus in the clutch ranking because obviously in the regular season, he scores plenty of goals, a lot of late game winning goals. He had that breakaway goal against the St. Louis blues early on in the season, uh, two seasons ago, that insane overtime game winner hat trick after an almost two minute shift, or maybe it was over two minutes uh, where he like collapsed on the ice afterward. I mean, just so many clutch regular season robo moments and we started to finally see a little bit more of that in that vgk western conference final series so i'll give him the benefit of the doubt and that i hope the 2023 playoffs were an outlier uh, and i i think that he is a clutch player he just happened to go into a slump at the worst possible time while his team was in the postseason but the bottom line is jason robertson is very good at hockey i think he belongs in this conversation as arguably the best player on the team as the stars are not the stars without him on a nightly basis but i cannot in good conscience dub him the team's best player 
And it's not necessarily because of a lack of talent on his end, but because I think the other two players we're going to discuss bring a better overall value to the team. I think Jason Robertson can be replicated across the league. I think maybe these other players that we'll talk about too, uh, but Jason Robertson, I mean, you have other guys that can score 40 goals in a season. It's not super common. Not every team has that kind of player. So the Stars are incredibly fortunate to have him on the team. I think that he belongs in the conversation. If you if you personally have him in your top three, or even if you have him at number one, I can certainly respect it, uh, given what he brings to the table. He's just not my number one player on the team, but he belongs in the discussion. His value cannot be overstated. And the Stars do not have the season that they just had if he is not a present member doing what he did. Well, we still have two more players to discuss, a defenseman and a forward. And I imagine that you guys know who the defenseman is. And even if you don't, you're about to find out here in the next few minutes because we're talking about him next. Today's episode of Lockdown Stars is brought to you by our friends at AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. It's something that I drink literally every single day. I gave AG1 a try because I wanted better gut health and a boost in energy, and AG1 helps supply both of those. I drink AG1 in the morning when I first wake up before making my coffee, and it helps make me feel unstoppable. AG1 replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. It's as simple as that. It's science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food sourced nutrients. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then give AG1 a try and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Again, that's drinkag1.com slash NHL network to change your daily routine forever. I want to thank you again for making Lockdown Stars your first listen every single day. Remember to hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Follow along on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. I appreciate all you everydayers out there continuing to tune in here throughout the summer. We're almost to August, which means we're almost to September, which is when training camp and preseason begins. So if you really, really think about it, the hockey season is just around the corner, but still plenty of off-season discussion, conversation, speculation to be had here over the next handful of weeks as we continue our conversation today. Who is the best pound-for-pound -pound overall player on the Dallas Stars roster? And while you can make a case for Jason Robertson, I don't think that he belongs in that title uh, to be the number one player on the team, but this player that I'm about to discuss and the player in the final segment uh, were by far the two most popular choices on social media when I asked, and I think it makes sense. I think these are the two best options for best player on the Stars roster, but let's start on the blue line with the other nominee for this category, Miro Haskinen, far and away the team's best overall defenseman, and, and I mean... the as we're about to dive into, there's plenty that he does well. There's a few areas lacking in his game, things that I personally would like to see him continue to grow in. And it's not to discredit him or say he's a bad player because ultimately he's still relatively young at 24 years old. But being as high of a draft pick as he was, got started in his NHL career pretty early on, but has made a huge impact on this organization and on this franchise. And I think will continue to do so for years to come. But jumping right into the categories, I think scoring is by far Miro's weakest of these four, 
And it might seem a little bit harsh, but it comes in at a C plus for me. And it's not because he can't do it. It's not because he can't score goals. It's not because he can't be an effective offensive player. He just doesn't do it that often. A lot of his shots, which he, I think he was second on the team in shots this past season, a lot of them are from high in the offensive zone, near the top by the blue line, and typically benefit another player, uh, whether it be a rebound, a redirect, or just trying to set up a teammate with an advantageous situation by thinking they're in a better position to shoot. It's just one of those things where you know you say, oh, he needs to shoot the puck more, and that's not necessarily the case because he does shoot the puck quite a bit. But I would like to see him take more high-quality chances more often. There are plenty of other defensemen around the league who I think Miro is a better overall player than. But these guys rack up really great offensive numbers and find themselves in or around the twenty-goal range. And I think Miro Heiskanen could easily get there if he really wanted to. Guys like Eric Carlson, who had 25 last season. Dougie Hamilton, 22. I think Brent Burns had exactly 20, or at least was in that category. At the very least, even the 15-goal category, I think would be a pretty nice improvement for a player like Haskinen. And this is really where the quote-unquote complaints end for Miro Haskinen for me, because if you look at these other categories, he's pretty darn good. Skating and defense, I think, go hand-in-hand for a player like Miro Haskinen, and they're both A-pluses. So many NHL players have been a victim of Miro Haskinen's skating and his defensive ability. How many times have we seen an opposing player have some sort of breakaway opportunity or even a two-on-one opportunity, and you think, oh, there's no way they're going to get a goal or they're going to get a high-quality chance uh, and really start to, to buzz as a team and really start to build some momentum against the Stars? But then Miro Haskinen comes out of seemingly out of nowhere and just chases a player down and uses a stick to disrupt the play or is able to somehow magically disrupt a two-on-one where the opposing team doesn't even get a shot off because of his stick work or blocking the puck. I mean, it just too many times to count. Seems like it's a nightly occurrence, which maybe could point to some issues within the Stars as a team, but when you have a player as talented and as skilled and as intelligent as Miro Haskin, and sometimes those can be forgotten uh, and you can just be in awe of one of the best defensive talents currently in the game. He just moves so effortlessly out there on the ice, and he can seemingly be anywhere that he needs to be on the rink in the blink of an eye in an instant. He was also fourth on the team in blocks with 96. He knows how to use his body. He's not going to be always the the big bruising defenseman. He's not always going to finish his checks along the board or really even be kind of the gritty guy along the board. He certainly can be when called upon, but he's a little bit more of a skill and penny and dime finesse defenseman, but he can do a little bit of both as he does pack some pretty nice size. And he's also an effective player to have on special teams penalty kill in particular. He doesn't rack up as many penalty kill minutes as some other defensemen. uh, But if you put him out there, you certainly feel confident in his ability to help shut down the opposing team's power play again, just with how quickly he can move. And if you get those breakaway opportunities, he's not necessarily a goal scoring threat, but he is a threat to help move that puck up the ice and maybe feed a breakaway forward or at least help get the puck down the ice to help chew some of those minutes and seconds away uh, while the Stars are trying to kill off a penalty, which they were very good at this past season. And Haskinen, certainly a big part of just that. And then the clutch department, I'll go ahead and give Miro Haskinen a B plus. If you get that scoring element raised up a little bit, I think it goes even higher, probably into the A category. But overall, I think B plus is a pretty respectable place for a guy like Miro Haskinen, mainly because he's one of the few defensemen that you can truly trust 
in those clutch situations, especially in three-on-three overtime, at least from last year's team, there's not really anyone else that I would just be excited to have out there because you, especially when it came to speed, uh, a guy like Esselandel is a sappy veteran. He's a smart player, but he's going to get cooked in, in three-on-three overtime. And that's why I'm glad we're getting Thomas Harley added to the mix this season so Haskinen doesn't have to bear that weight on his shoulders all the time. You have some more skilled defensemen that can go out there and play in those OT minutes. But a lot of times when overtime was starting for the Stars, it was Haskinen and then some mix of two forwards. And Haskinen would typically have to stay out there longer than he would probably like to and probably longer than Pete DeBoer and the coaching staff would like to. But he was pretty limited on his options for defensemen and just a clutch player in general, shutting down all those offensive opportunities, ending opponent breakaways and two on ones always just seemingly coming up clutch defensively and also came up pretty clutch throughout the postseason with just his presence. I don't think many people would have you know, shamed Miro Haskinen if he felt the need to sit out for maybe a game or two after taking that injury, that puck to the face. Uh, he talked about how he couldn't really sleep or eat. He was just so uncomfortable going through so much pain. And these hockey players are warriors. So, of course, he was out there. But I think any normal human being would have thought, yeah, take take a game or two off if you really need to, uh, because it is affecting how you live your life. You're not able to sleep. You can't eat. But Miro Haskinen shook all that off and he battled through it. He fought through it and helped the Dallas Stars get that series win against the Seattle Kraken uh, and just played some incredible defense against just a scrappy Kraken squad. So a clutch player across the board, a great player across the board. Miro Haskinen, a fan favorite in Dallas. And if you watch him play, it makes sense as to why. He's one of the most entertaining players on the team. And there's not too many other guys that I think could challenge him for the title of the best overall player on the Stars roster. However, there is one who I think does take that title from him and one player who I think has earned the right to be called the best overall player on the team. And we'll talk about who that is coming up next. Third and final segment of today's episode of Locked On Stars, discussing the best overall pound-for-pound player on the Stars roster. It's not Jason Robertson. It's not Miro Haskin. And I think they belong in the discussion. And if you think that they're the best player, that's awesome. You are entitled to your opinion, and I don't think you're wrong. I think that, that those are both valid arguments, and if that's what you believe, more power to you. I mean, that's the beauty of sports is people see things a little bit differently, and people do have different opinions, and that's totally okay. Uh, and if those are your answers, or if your answer is somebody else, if there's at least a good argument for it, I, I can accept it. Uh, and I think I can certainly accept both Hints and Robertson, or Haskinen and Robertson, a little bit of a spoiler, although it's probably not too much of a spoiler. You guys know who I'm picking as my best overall player on the Stars roster. It's Rope Hints. There isn't a game situation that the Stars find themselves in that he cannot play in. Five on five, five on four, whether it's power play or penalty kill, three on three, overtime, five on five, overtime, shootouts. I mean, there is not a situation that you can't put 24 out there and you don't feel confident that he can change the game with his presence. This is a pretty easy player to grade, scoring an A-plus for Rope Hints. Back-to-back 37 goal seasons could easily have been a 40-goal scorer, especially this past season, if he stays healthy. He has an electric shot. He can score from in close. He can score from far away. A weapon on the power play, weapon on the penalty kill. 
He is just a dangerous, dangerous player. Anytime number 24 comes over the boards, you know that opposing teams, especially the defense, are trying to do everything they can to stop him. And they're often unsuccessful. An incredible offensive threat. One of the most underrated offensive threats in the league. So special with what he can do. Countless breakaway opportunities. One of my favorite plays from him in the this past year was that game seven goal against the Seattle Kraken, just disrupting that play at the top of the Kraken zone and then just attacking Philip Grubauer. Uh, the goal, you know, there was like four minutes left in the second period. It was a zero zero game, just a huge moment. Uh, and he stepped up and delivered a great score. And that also will contribute to uh, his clutch factor as well, which we'll discuss here in just a few moments. The skating from Miro H- or Rope Hints also an A-plus as well, and I really don't need to elaborate on that if you have watched this team for any amount of time. I mean, if you close your eyes and just picture a Dallas star on a breakaway one-on-one with a goalie, you're picturing some long blonde hair and a number 24 on that green sweater. You're picturing Rope Hintz if you're picturing a star's forward on a breakaway opportunity, turning that defense into offense. The defense for Haskinen also an a He scores on the penalty kill. He's effective on the penalty kill. He uses his body quite well for a forward. Fourth on the team in blocks amongst stars forwards. Can hit pretty hard on the boards and just uses his body and his frame to disrupt passing lanes and make life difficult for the opposing team. And of course, the clutch factor also needs to come in at an A. He was the Stars MVP throughout the playoffs, leading the playoffs and points for the majority of the tournament. Even after the Stars were eliminated, it took a while for a Vegas Golden Knight or a Florida Panther to tie or get slightly above Rope Hints. Just an absolute terror in the postseason. And I, I can't really pinpoint one round in particular because he was terrorizing the Wild, the Kraken, and the Vegas Golden Knights across all three rounds. Uh, playoff MVP, just a cold-blooded killer when he's out there on the ice. This is a guy that you know inevitably one day when Jamie Benn is either not on the team or no longer the captain of the team, I could see Rope Hintz potentially donning the C. Uh, and obviously, not every team's captain is their best overall player. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Uh, and maybe that's a discussion for a different day once Jamie Benn's time in Dallas does come to an end. But I could see that happening. Rope Hintz potentially uh, being the star's captain, as I do think that that's something that they do value. It, you know, there were times where Jamie Benn was the star's best player, uh, and now he's not, but still a, a valuable captain overall. I don't see him being stripped of his captaincy, at least while he's still a member of the team. But I think Hintz could wear that hat if necessary. And that's just my thoughts on these three players. Let me know on YouTube if you're watching down in the comment section who you think is the star's best overall player. Is it one of these three players? You could make an argument for Jake Ottinger, but it's kind of hard to rate him on the same scale as he's a goalie. So he doesn't really skate. He doesn't play any offense. Uh, I guess if you want to talk about defense and clutch factor, you could factor that in as well. Or is there somebody else that I missed? I will go ahead and say, I think in a few years, it wouldn't shock me if Wyatt Johnston joins this list of players as well. I think that he does a lot of the same things really well as Rope Hints, minus the size and with a few more years of development and getting comfortable in his game. I think Wyatt Johnston could join this list of guys that you have to have in the discussion of the Stars' best overall player. But that is going to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you so much again for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. Remember to subscribe to the show on YouTube. Follow along on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. We are always free and available no matter where 
or how you choose to listen. Find and follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, or X, whatever you want to call it, at Stars. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will be back again Wednesday and Friday this week as we continue on our off-season uploading schedule. And then we will be back to five days a week at the start of training camp, which is coming up sooner than you think. Uh, just continue to hold on. Stay cool out there. I know it's hot, especially here in Texas. But I hope you guys enjoy your Monday and Tuesday. Take care of yourselves. And we will see you back here on Wednesday. <laughs>